FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 407 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm joined once again by half of the Scow Bros, Georgie. Hey, Georgie. What's up, man? Not much. Not much. How are you? I'm all right. Kind of worried for the Lakers playing this, this, this afternoon <laughs> evening. Yeah, I guess by the time this comes out, everyone will know whether you're worried in vain or or not. So we'll, we'll find out. The past is prologue or whatever they say. Um... <laughs> Or the future is past. I don't. Whatever implies in podcast time travel. So. As long as it's not the past is epilogue, because that wouldn't that would blow my mind. <laughs> um, anyway, um, once again, shout out to Dan who's uh, out out chasing his dreams. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, we'll miss we'll miss his voice and opinion, but we do have four chapters of ten of S words to catch up on. Um, and yeah, some it's weird. I don't know how they decided which books were the big books and which ones weren't. It looks like just whoever ran out of space picked a big book because <laughs> X Factor and Marauders are both extra pages, but then Wolverine mm-hmm. and X Force are not. So they have a few extra, I think, but not, not oh, as they? much. Okay, yeah. well, not enough to, uh, uh, demand a price increase so okay yeah because uh for those of, you, those of you buying the books at least physically um the the x factor and marauders are priced at 4.99 and um wolverine and x-force are staying at 3.99 so so i assume that was because of page count i can't think of any other reason it would be that way i think uh, marauders needed the pages to fit all the, the word bubbles in it yeah, we'll get there. There's, there's definitely a different a different pacing um, than what we were what we're used to on that book. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna basically cover really chapters two through five. You need, you need the extra twenty pages to fit a half novel in there, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And just just to keep us in context, this, this is parts two through five of twenty two. So we uh, we're still on track to have at least twenty two parts. I keep waiting for an announcement of more, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I and maybe we'll get into this in, in you know halfway through or, or something. But I'm a little worried that the first ten issues are going to be like <laughs> next sword. Then we'll get right. sword four, and so, so we're going to have right. ten Ooh. ten issues of them just like or, or maybe a few more. It could uh, be more, yeah, because yeah. it took Wolverine two chapters two issues, to get right. his sword. So, um, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why it was only. Um, they split it off into into Wolverine and X Force, whereas Marauders needed twice the page count to get one sword. So maybe that's oh, why. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Because we'll, we will definitely talk about it. But Wolverine and X Force are really just two issues of the same book. It's like a hybrid between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we'll get there in a minute. Uh, first, let's talk about X Factor number four. X Factor number four, 
Writer Leah Williams, artist Carlos Gomez, colors by Israel Silva, letterer VCs Joe Caramagna, design Tom Muller, with the cover by Ivan Chavrin, and uh, the variant by Arby Silva and Jesus Abertov and Alex Ross. I should have uh, went for one of those. <laughs> yeah, because this missed cover ain't doing it for me. It's no. uh, a very, very unique style. Uh, I almost want to say, like, like I don't know what... what Watercolors or colored pencils. It's it's odd. Uh, we've got someone coming out of one of the eggs on fire with uh, the five. What, what are they called? The five. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> the five. The, the, the five of the five. The five uh, of the five. Yeah. <laughs> looking on in horror. And remember, Proteus was like destroyer of worlds. Proteus is looking in horror at right, this. Right. So he's, <laughs> he's had like a major change of heart here. Um, right. It, I mean, it conveys what, what's happening in the book. At least there's that. But I, I don't know. What do you feel about this cover? So I feel about this cover that if you took away the people, like the five, and just had the guy coming out or the character coming out of the egg, <clears throat> and then the red and black lines behind him, and no other people, I would like the cover better. Um I think it's kind of weird or interesting. I can't tell if I like it or not, but the uh, the current uh, Tom Mueller X is like sparks out of the flame. It's like little X sparks coming out. Oh, like right. X, X Lego sparks. I'm not sure if I like that. But, um, but I think the egg looks fine. I think the fire coming out of the egg looks cool. I, I do not like this guy's character work. Like his face is... Yeah, exactly. Work. It just doesn't really do anything for me. And also... I think y'all talked about this on a recent Scalrose episode, maybe either the last one or the one before. I can't remember, so I apologize. But um, hey, I'm just happy I'm just, you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I decided that that Ava is one of those characters that looked great when Bacalo designed and drew her, and right. other people have a really hard time making oh, her look yeah. good. You know, I I, I can't remember yeah. what book book it was. Maybe it was giant sized, where uh, we went into the world and we had. Um, the twin brother of Phantom X. Yeah. And that, that's another like costume where like when Bacalo originally did it, it looks amazing. But uh, not that um, boy who did that giant sized issue. Um, uh, that one was, was it will both race or rice and a uh, Dodderman. Yeah. Yeah. They both, both did, did and, that character. They were fine, but it was a, a different costume design. It just doesn't quite work as well when it's not, right. it's, it's kind of a curse. <laughs> the Bacalo well, yeah. curse. I would say when Darman drew it, it really almost came off as more of a Kirby-esque design. Right. Um, you know, very, like, uh, celestial-looking mm-hmm. versus uh, versus Bacalo's more kind of almost gothic space cowboy look. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, the cover – so I guess the cover is half and half for me. Back, back to the – Yeah, I don't know. Like, the, the, the characters – Seem like a, a totally different artistic style than than uh, what's going on in flames. <laughs> right. I think that's what gets right. me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so is uh, it weird that I can look open a book and be like, oh, this is colored by Israel Silva, or this is colored by Marte Gras? Like I'm really got a feel for the colorist mm-hmm. in the X books right now. I can kind of tell right off the bat before we get to the credit page who's who. Right. But, I don't know if I'm excited about that or if it's too predictable, but either way, <laughs> it works. I um, think it's, I don't know, I feel like Dan has been a real big influence, at least on me, in terms of being a lot more, 
thoughtful about the color work. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I don't know, the last couple of years, just always looking at the colors more in depth, it, it's become a little more obvious who's doing what. And it, it's almost like uh, when you're a kid, I don't know if about you, when I was a kid reading comic books, I wasn't always looking who was the artist. It was just like, oh, this is a different art style this time. Whatever, I'm just reading right. comic books. But the more you pay attention, the more you're like, oh, I, I can I can see the fingerprints of Silva here. And right. I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just us uh, yeah, growing in our understanding of the craft, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I like that idea. That gives that gives us a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe more than we deserve. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, what happens in this bad boy, Georgie? Because uh, yeah. so, it's uh, thick. Before it's you get to thick. that, yeah, it's, it's way too thick. <laughs> It's, uh, ooh, that's that's thick. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've got uh, all these books have a sort of a nod to the passing of Chadwick Boseman, so that's yes, very nice. Yeah, it's a nice. I don't know who did the artwork for that. Do you know? Um, so the one that's on the inside, mm-hmm. I do or didn't know. Let me see if I can look at it again. Remember, uh, flip, 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 flip. Where is it in this book? I got it at the beginning. Um, it's the guy, Estelfries, uh, who did the first first little bit of Black Panther volume that um, Coates wrote. Oh, makes sense. And Coates wrote the, a very nice tribute, by the way. Yeah. If you haven't read it. Um, totally. Yeah, there's some really nice couple of pages. And then there's that image on the back. I'm not as familiar with Joshua Swaby, but it's really cool, too. Almost like a playing card type design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, very cool. I, I talked a little bit about my feelings on, and we can get into it again if you want, but um, a couple episodes ago, just kind of how how the more I read of it, like, I, I liked him, right? Right. But the more I read about him and just kind of how he handled everything, including his illness, it's like, he's a, he's a real hero, right? Like, oh, he didn't just, he didn't just totally. play one on TV or in the movies. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was a... He was just a really solid guy, so it definitely. I understand there's, there's parts of the global community that were probably hit a lot harder, but mm-hmm. it, it still was very emotional for me as well. So. Sure, and I don't know if this is more of a business decision or not, but it, it's nice to see Marvel sort of take a few pages here to pay tribute. Yeah. So yeah, definitely at least at least a couple weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very very nice for them to do that. So uh, getting to this this quote unquote story, we uh, have Siren <laughs> and and Richter coming out of Otherworld, and uh, she screams for help as uh, Beast comes jumping out. Archangel is carrying Apocalypse, and remember they've been uh, stabbed and then shot by Pestilence Arrow, so they're they're right. kind of on death's door. And um, Richter is just like, they'll let me die, they'll resurrect me. And Apocalypse is saying you, you have to fight. And he sounds – I think this has been uh, a problem with me in, in Leo Williams' books uh, a, a number of times. But all the characters sound like Leo Williams. <laughs> and so Apocalypse doesn't sound like Apocalypse. He sounds like Leo Williams. It uh, Like, don't you die on me, damn you. It sounds almost like a Star <laughs> Trek line. You know, it's, it's very uncharacteristic. And I think that's – in this book, that's why I have a problem. It, it sounds either kind of uh, like stock dialogue or just people don't sound like, like who they are. Um, but uh, getting back to the plot, they're carried back to the, the healing center. Uh, Rock Slide has been chopped in half, and, and they're going to try and resurrect him. Saturnine's watching them, and she's like, uh, 
the uh, the oracles are in place. They have to decipher the prophets. I'm going to close the door, and she uh, closes the door to Otherworld, which upsets Krakoa. Um, and so uh, if she can just close the gate like that, mm-hmm. look, what's I, going she's, on? She's all, <laughs> like power, like the ultimate power. If she needs to do something, why she's not doing it? I don't know. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because she seemed to have very little control over that gate getting planted in the first place. Mm-hmm. But now she's like, oh, bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, right. I don't know. All right, carry on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, M and uh, Rachel try to go into uh, Polaris's brain, but they're kicked out. Um, uh, M, M doesn't sound like M. Uh, and they hint that maybe M has better psychic powers than Rachel, which blows my mind. Um <laughs> Richter is getting healed, and he's sitting next to Apocalypse, and they're sort of talking to each other. Richter passes out and dies. Apocalypse gets pissed off, and he tries to kill the healer because, I don't know why, he just, just does. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel goes into Apocalypse's mind this time, and she sees him getting stabbed by all of his grandchildren. And, uh, are they children? I can't remember. Children in this case, but... Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Summoner was the grandchild. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So he's getting stabbed by his children. He wakes up, and uh, uh, he's he's still alive. Then we cut to uh, Charles, who's uh, standing by the resurrection room. Polaris comes in, and she's for some reason all of her inner dialogue is is in like text boxes. It threw me off for a second. I, right. I had to zoom in to see, oh, there's green outlines. I guess that's, those are her uh, thoughts. <laughs> right, okay. I don't think I n- noticed her just now that they have green outlines. Yeah, I was like, who's the narrator here? Uh, oh, 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 I get it. It was slow and clear. So she's like, hey, Rockside's been killed. She so- shows everyone how. Uh, she she begs that they get resurrected because uh, uh, they're war heroes. So they resurrect Rockslide and Richter. Richter gets his memories back after a quip about him being naked, which was uh, sort of parodied on the internet. They go to implant the the memories of Rockslide, but something happens. There's feedback all across the world in all of the different uh, cerebro chambers. Charles is, is knocked out, and then Rockslide sort of crumbles into different rocks. And uh, the five get freaked out that they they made a mistake, so they burn all the eggs which seemed like a really hasty thing to do. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, it must have been him. Oh, yeah, it was me. Let's burn it. Okay, burn it. What? You you have no idea what happened. You're just going to burn everything. Okay. There's a lot of jumping to conclusion presented as fact in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we need this to happen to move the story forward, so yep. let's just get them there. Real, real, go, go. Go, go, go. It's, it's 44 pages of just running. Um, <laughs> I was running. <laughs> so, uh, Rockside sort of reforms in, into another form. Uh, and uh, they're like, Who is it? It's not Rockside. It's not Santo. It's somebody else. And uh, Hope's like, it's Michael oh. Bay Rockslide. He looks yeah. like a Michael Bay Transformer. He, he does. <laughs> and they have no idea why until Hope's like, Oh, I know why. And then, <laughs> no facts. He's just like, It's because he was killed in another world. And. Uh, it, it probably is, but yeah, it's, it makes uh, sense. But there's very little like evidence gathering or anything, nope. or even another test case. It's like, oh, and this happened one time. No, this <laughs> must. We can think of no other explanation. Mm-hmm. So the one that we can't prove is the only one left. So let's go with it. 
Um, yeah. Uh, they, they go to the council and explain what happens, and Emma's really pissed <laughs> off because she's the only one that ever cares about the younger mutants. <laughs> um, so at least that was in character. Yeah, uh, I actually so. really, really, I thought Emma's dialogue was actually pretty spot on. Yep, yep. Um, I got you know, her being for- like, um, "You guys are taking this way too lightly, just because we can resurrect." Like. Mm-hmm. Rock slide's dead, dead. Like, this is a different rock slide, and no one seems to really care. Um, right. Only, only Polaris and right? uh, with her pet Eric, rocks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean Charles has never really cared about. Well, right, right. That so much. that's that's in character anyway. But uh... yeah. <laughs> I think, and and even if I don't agree with how he he's he's speaking, at least Magneto's like, well, we have a task, and he's Mister like stay on task. You know, right. the sacrifices need to be made, kind of guy. So, I, I get that. Um, then, as as, as players is getting yelled at, she spouts off uh, some or 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 oracles. Mm. She spouts off some prophecies, and Oops. oh, what is it? And I'm not going to read them because dumb. Um, then the, uh, Magnus and Charles decide to visit Apocalypse and just like rub salt in his open chest wound. Gosh, and, yeah, they're mean. <laughs> yeah, but like you, you screwed us, so we'll screw you. If you die, you know it's going to be a while before we we resurrect you. Um, and uh, Polaris for some reason decides she needs to take the remains of Rock Slide and create uh like a, 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 a like a summoning circle. Yeah. Um, I don't know how she does it with rocks because she can't manipulate rocks, but whatever. She somehow. <laughs> creates a summoning circle and she's like oh i realized that uh once we have our 10 swords stab your sword into each of these symbols and then the the doorway will open and she gives sort of a rousing it's time to fight speech and Ilyana comes in with her sword and she's like all right let's bring it right Um, and then we have a page that hey remember prophecies and the mystery we don't need to worry about that because it's all explained right, right. on the final page. Like, why do we have the prophecies if you're just going to lay it out afterward? <laughs> yeah, you know, something I thought about when I was reading this page, and I'm not saying things need to be like they were, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a nostalgic, uh, era-specific, this is how comics should be. But I couldn't help but remember, because I one time in my life, I wrote a letter to Marvel. Okay. okay. It was not. It wasn't published or anything. It never made it into a book. But the time that I wrote a letter to Marvel was in the early nineties, mm-hmm. and they were hinting at in the Uncanny book this this concept and Bishop story of the traitor. Oh right, right. And so everyone was really into it, trying to figure that out. I mean, it's pretty obvious who it was, and I was right, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's probably why they didn't print my letter. Um, <laughs> but I went into, like, a really, like, long, detailed explanation of, like, how I gathered my clues and blah, blah. And just, just thinking about, like, how much conversation and thought and how much I poured over those books besides just reading them once. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, trying to figure out the mystery. Right. And... And maybe at my age or my readership style, I wasn't really like, oh, here's some prophecies that I got to figure them out. But I'm sure there's someone that would have when I like really sat down and like poured over the prophecies and tried to go, okay, this one, that's probably Wolverine, that's probably dot, dot, dot. But then we get the chance to do that because 
Doug does it for them in a text page. <laughs> right. So it's just it brings, I don't know. It, it's 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 a problem I have with the whole storyline, and we can get to it later. But why bring up the like bring bring up this concept and then pay it off or or like totally dismiss it ten pages right. later? Right, because then you don't really need a prophecy. You just say, here's the swords we want. Go here's the swords, here's the people, <laughs> bring them. Yes, exactly. That's the whole thing. And maybe you could have, like, even done that artistically. Like, we need, right. and, you know, showcasing who these people are and their reactions. But instead, it's just, uh, here's some text at the end of the book. Right. Yeah. There, there are these, like, quote-unquote design pages, if you want to call this a design page. Sometimes they really work. Like remember we had those sinister like like yeah. clues uh-huh. and they, it wasn't spelled out you know it was like right. sinister being like cagey about it so it felt in character of about him writing like these riddles it was like all right that's fun but this is just like hey uh, Doug's Doug has your your homework answers so turn to the <laughs> back of the book and um, right. you know your math book at the end used to have yeah. like the answers if you needed to, the check right. It's, it's here. The answers are in the back of this book. This is what's what's happening. Yep. Very much so. So I, you know, uh, this this issue, I, I feel like the artwork is definitely the the strongest part of the book. Yeah, um, I think the colors are better than the pencils, but the mm-hmm. pencils are good too. Yeah, it's, it's any... very a, it's a very like mid two thousands. I guess we're a little yeah. bit past that, but yeah. very much like the Marvel house style of the modern age. Yes. Yes. Um, it's not bad. It's just no, sort of no. like we've seen this before, and it's it's good quality. It's just not something you're like, oh, yeah. oh my god, it's 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 unremar it's unremarkable sounds bad. It's yeah. it's just you know it's it's quality 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 work, but nothing that that really stands up. Right. I think the most I think the highlight visually is happens on the first page. I think Siren's help is probably the most interesting panel of the book visually. Um, uh, this, the only one I would compare that I really like is Charles bringing up the memories, where we we have him on the the left hand side and on the right they show Summoner cutting through rock slide and oh and the one that's like in purple yeah yeah that's pretty good too but that's mostly because the color work <laughs> <laughs> right right I will say one thing about this style that Marvel kind of has when they don't have someone really stylized is this really clean. Yes, yes. Like between the colors and the color separation, like it's just it's a really clean book. Um, yep. Very sharp. That's um, what I was thinking too, yeah. And uh, so I read it both physically and digitally. Some of these books are made for digital. And this, this art team is one of them. Like it looks better on the iPad than it does in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's good or bad. That's just, just a, an opinion. Um, but yeah, so I guess... I guess what this issue boils down to is there's a few things we need to know. <laughs> and that is that allegedly if you die in another world and you come back, it could be either an alternate version or some kind of like hybrid of all yeah. different versions. So the other thing we need to know is that the resurrection protocol as is has been suspended, which you know that'll probably play into so both of those concepts play into Ten of Swords and that. A, anyone who goes to the tournament and dies will not be resurrected. So that's how we get around kind of this, oh, everyone just dies and comes back. So that that tries to up the stakes. You can argue whether it's successful or not. Um, but it at least is an attempt to, to add some stakes to the story. Uh, the other thing we know that I guess I either missed 
or didn't realize is that Saturnine, I guess, is picking the swords. I thought it was just, hey, you guys go get ten swords, you guys go get ten swords. But between the prophecies and the oracles, it seems like she's manipulating yeah. which, which swords are allowed. I think um, they, they listed the swords in the creation book. Okay. I think. Okay. They may have. <laughs> there was there was a page there was a panel where like on the left side one of the uh, Iraqi was listing a bunch of swords and on the right side oh that's right yes yeah. yes 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 okay um but yeah no you you were right it was this book was a sprint it was a sprint of information yeah um and, I mean not a visually unappealing one but but nonetheless P- poor Polaris she just can't yeah. Catch! I'm going to be a solid character break to save her life. Um. <laughs> it's it's sad because in X Factor, the the part I was enjoying was they're going to focus on Polaris sort of rebuilding herself, uh-huh. and right away they're like, "Nope, we're done with that. Let's throw <laughs> her into the, the mind hell again." Yeah, right. Yeah, she's going to be a weird like walk around cradling rocks, being manipulated by you know the Omnimatrix or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's too bad. So but let me the ask greens, you a question. the greens look really good. Oh yeah, no, like the color work is great. <laughs> uh, like easily, the art is is the the better part of the story. Um, but my question is, what do you think about them sort of doing away with the resurrection pro, um, concept? Only only because we've only seen it used a few times, and it feels like. In, in the same way where they're like, here's the well, prophecies, the prophecies are answered. Here, yeah. Here's a concept of we can we can do something with this resurrection. We can make it meaningful or, or go into depth about why it's important. And they've used it a few times, but now they're like, well, we're done with that. Like, like here's this new toy, and you can look at it, and <laughs> we're done with that toy because here's another toy. I, I feel like it's such a waste of, of the right. promise of what Dawn of X could have been. Yeah, well, to be fair, you only think it's only happened a few times because you quit reading the X-Force. Because um, <laughs> they have, like, three characters dying as a re- resurrected every issue. Um, but um, but in a meaningful way, I can really only think of when, well, when the yeah, team well, went up to, 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 what is it, Disconnect uh, Nimrod, or, or what was it, the, the, the Mother mother Sentinel? Yeah, yeah, and by the sun. Yeah, so that, like, that mission and then Professor X... Um, are the only two that really seem to have like a lot of weight. Oh, and and finally, uh, Kitty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Kate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think it'll be permanent. I think they'll. I think what it'll do is it'll, it'll play into almost more of a a selection thing, and I think that will also maybe add fuel to the fire because that'll be another excuse. For Xavier Magneto not to resurrect Destiny. Oh right. And so it'll it'll feed the fire of whatever Mystique has going on. So I think Hickman will probably spin it in a couple of different ways or into a different thread. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I I figured something was going to happen resurrection wise out of this event. I honestly didn't expect it to be so early. Um, I really expected towards the end, like the battle or the tournament or something, would mess up the resurrection. For this other world death thing to like come right out of the gate seemed a little surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, very surprising. It, um, 
I, I kind of wonder if they're gonna just not resurrect anyone until after the tournament, and then then they I, will be able to, and it's it's cured, or these characters are are, are like gone for right. a long period of time. It's, yeah, I am kind of bummed that we're gonna have an alternate version of Rock Slide because I actually really enjoy Rock Slide. Right, um, they, they pay a little bit of attention. They should have no, done Glob exactly, <laughs> but. I think Glob has been like permanently removed from the X books for a while. <laughs> I don't know. Part of me has me wondering if how how much uh, White petitioned to make it not be Glob. So maybe, maybe. And that was that was Briston's last wish. Don't yeah. don't, kill, don't kill Glob, please, please. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna give this book just a very I don't think the writing bothered me quite as much as it did you, though it certainly was not the highlight. Um, I'm going to give this book just a very right-up-the-middle three out of six claws. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm right there with the three out of six. Even even though I have problems with the what they're doing with the concept, I, I feel like the, this book itself, the, the artwork was good enough to give it a three, even if the story and, and character voices were... Just like Williams A through Williams F <laughs> variations, right. it, it all sounded like her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm kind of excited. We'll see if these issues merit the excitement. But um, to have have you guys or you this time talk about the Wolverine book, which I've you've been yeah. mostly enjoying, right? Yes, um, I have. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Wolverine number six and X Force. Number thirteen, which is just funny because it's really just the Wolverine creative team, which has always had the same writer, but even the art now. Um, so it's going to be Benjamin Percy as the writer, uh, Victor Bogdanovich as the artist, Matthew Wilson as the colorist, VCs Corey Pettit as the letter, of course Tom Mueller design. Woo-hoo. Yeah, woo-hoo. and then the the difference is that Adam Kubert and Frank Martin do the Wolverine cover, and Dustin Weaver continues to do the X Force covers. Um, on the Wolverine cover, we have Wolverine um, in a yellow light, just full of swords and arrows. What do you think of this one? I, I enjoyed this cover, even yeah. though it's it's obvious that no 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 living thing could withstand the pain of having not even a sword. Wolverine pincushion, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like it's it's appropriate. I, I kind of like the the over exaggeration of him just right. being stabbed to hell and still standing up there fighting. It, it's very Wolverine. Uh, it feels yeah. feels rough and gruesome, but in a like a an appropriate Wolverine way. I I am enjoying the the art style of this Wolverine book. It's I didn't think it would be in my wheelhouse, but this is this is something I think that's working for for this character. Yeah, I agree. And then um, the X Force cover by Weaver is a. A adamantium skeleton clawed hand reaching up out of some lava or hellfire and our new bad guy with his sword squealing in glee. What do you, what do you think of this one by Weaver on the oh, X-Force cover? Pull this up. I wasn't ready for this cover. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's all right. Sorry, yeah, this I, is I, a... I sandwich these together in my no, mind. Cool. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> um, I, I like this cover less. I'll just say that. <laughs> I still like it, but yeah, it's not as it's not as interesting as the Wolverine one. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
all right. know, it's it's weird. Like they all have, they all have like these. Uh, not all of them, but this character has like the, the apocalypse sort of like I don't, not pinstriping, but like uh, outlines, uh-huh. blue outlines. It, it reminds me a little bit of the Flash uniform they redesigned a while ago, where like yeah. I, I had all the piping. He's got like right. The piping on him. Yeah, he does. He does for sure. Um, all right, so. We start off with Wolverine internal monologuing about, I think I made up a word there, internal <laughs> monologuing <laughs> about going to hell and back. And I was done it before. And we see some, some hot claws coming out of the hellfire. <laughs> Those are back for just a second. Um, Wait a second. Wait a second. I forgot all about hot claws. That's so <laughs> long, right? Like no one's yeah, trying to use no, that, right? No, no, no. These are a different kind of hot claws. These are more like Hellfire claws. Right, right, right. I'm just, yeah. just being to clarify that the whole no, time I, I, I think, away. Yeah. I think Charles Soule may have a novel he's writing. This going to have some... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, yeah, so, so but it's all about Wolverine talking about how... I feel like his description of hell, you know, whatever, whatever your spiritual leanings are. I think the idea of hell being the place where you're trapped by your past... Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting idea. Um, and this goes to show that the person can write some good stuff. I have. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. And then he talks about how there's going to be a reckoning for Krakoa. And of course, Wolverine's been skeptical, right? He's wanted to believe in Krakoa, but through this whole solo book, he's been doubting whether it is sustainable or not. Mm-hmm. He kind of views this ten of swords or this attack by, Apocalypse as kids is like their first true test, and in in this sense, Apocalypse is past catching up with all of mutantdom, which is an interesting idea and an interesting perspective that Wolverine would have. So, um, so he talks about <laughs> when he says, um, you know, Krakoa's voice when he's talking to this big tree is the only voice that matters, even when the kings and queens of the Quiet Council are blowing hot air for hours on end. Right. Which is such a Wolverine thing to say, right? Like, all, all this talky-talky, let's just stab something. Um, <laughs> but says, you know, you wanted war so you can bring your land together. And so here you are, a fresh start. And you're dragging, you and Apocalypse are dragging us back in time. Um, you know, he talks about how he doesn't like losing. Um, so he's going to go get the Mura Masa Blade and make some shit bleed. And he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. So some Wolverine talking tough, and then we get some a little bit of history what the um, Mirror Masa Blade is, which was his first wife Itsu, um, how he lost her. He thought he lost his son Dokken. Of course, that comes back later. But how he went to uh, Mirror Masu to get. I think I'm saying that right. Mirror Masa. Yeah, Mirror Masa. Okay. Um, and he gets a sword that has a bit of his soul in it, and he goes and kills all the people who killed his family. Um, then he finds Silver Samurai uh, training in the quarry. I really like uh, Bogdanovich's interpretation of the Silver Samurai. Um, he's got like, the old school like samurai type mask with the facial exaggeration. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> I also like Percy's take that Silver Samurai is kind of like indignant that he's not going to be part of the sword tournament when he is a sword guy. Yeah, uh, 
I kind of feel for him. Yeah, right? <laughs> you train your whole life to be good at one thing, and when your <laughs> chance comes up, they're like, nope. Nope. We don't need your silver energy sword. We need this other sword. And um, so him and Wolverine have a little fight. We get a nice double snick on a full-page splash as Wolverine says he's going to beat the information out of him because I guess somehow he knows this is a little bit of a don't all you Japanese people know each other kind of thing, which is kind of weird. But um, <laughs> yeah, so he's going to get some information about Muramasa um, from the Silver Samurai after they fight. And um, and Wolverine even expresses some sympathy. He says, maybe you should have been a part of this bunch or not. Um, and they talk about rumors. They're all true uh, for all you Flight of the Concord fans. Um, <laughs> but um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene so much. Yes. <laughs> I love that show. Um, but yeah, uh, so then we go to the Tower of Broken Will on Arako or Arako, and we get this backstory for this guy, Solom, who is literally much like they threw Sabretooth and like the Krakoan Pit of Darkness uh, in a parallel way. This guy has been thrown into the pit of pleasure with no lights. That's really all it is. It's like really nice, but it's just dark. Um, and we find out this because he killed a bunch of Arakans, including um, War's. This is War, right? Yeah, including War's husband. So one of the things that, that came out online, and I don't know how, how true this is, uh, we need to recognize that if. Boy, I don't know which is the one with the 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 red bulb for a head. Okay, that is pestilence, right? Pestilence is a man in this issue, where she was a, a woman in all the other issues. Yeah, she was. Okay. And I, someone was saying that that uh, this is Bogdanovich has has repeatedly said that he's not reading anyone else's art uh, on these books. <laughs> So yes. he, 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 he likes to run his mouth, doesn't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I guess that that then you get these sort of errors, which is kind of a, a problem because uh, right. it's not like it's 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 up to interpretation. It's like this th- this time the guy's chest is fully exposed and he's got you know big pec muscles. It's not uh, right. It's, it's it was odd. I'll I'll say that it was a little odd. It was odd. Um, yeah. Um. You know, you were talking about how uh, Weaver's interpretation of Solemn reminds you of, of New 52 Flash. This, um, so, I like Bogdanovich. I, I do. I like his art, his, his social media presence. He can just kind of quit tweeting, I think, mm-hmm. would be better for everybody. <laughs> um, but he is definitely kind of Capullo light in a lot of ways. Okay, um, I can see that. And and this panel of Solem sitting on the pillows, where his piping is lit up, that is straight. That straight up looks New Fifty Two design, mm-hmm. um, very much. It's not bad. It's not bad or good. It just is. Um, but yeah, so he's kind of a smart, snarky, swarmy. I like to kill, but I like to play with my food before I eat it, kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So the, he talks about how I knew I knew you'd be back for me. You can't stay away. Um, here I'm being wined and dined down here in my hole. Why would I help you? And they talk about how, you know, we need you because 
We're going to attack Krakoa, and we know you like to kill stuff, so this is right up your alley, and we need you to get a sword and fight in this tournament. And he has this, like, hell, hell dagger. Uh-huh. Um, like, I don't need a sword. I have a hell blade, which is a dagger. Uh, it has a little pentagram on the hilt, so you know it's a hell blade. Um, and so they're like, no, no, we need to get this Miramasa sword. So, okay. Is that right? Is that is the idea that they're all trying to fight for the same swords? Or they're trying to get swords and fight each other in the tournament. I'm, they're I not fighting for the same swords. I think they listed like 10 separate swords. Right, but he and yeah. Wolverine are going after the same sword. Right? That's the whole point of these two issues. Yeah, I, I don't. I have to look back at that creation issue to see if Muramasa okay. is mentioned twice. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, so they talk about there was another prophecy from the Oracle that there was there needs to be a key to the gateway of hell, and so that's what this dagger ends up being. It's it's a key, and can he can open a gate to because hell is interdimensional. Or at least this version of hell. As in Marvel, there's like a thousand hells. Um, but this one is is is, um, is omniversal, I guess. So, you know, Logan can get to it from his hell pit on Earth, and this guy can open his his key and get to it. So then we see there's a lot more in this issue than I remembered. Um, <laughs> then we see Logan basically on his trek. Almost Batman style, like interrogating his way through Japan until he finally ends up uh, having tea with Mariko. And of course, the relationship is super strained, though I'm not really sure why. Because um, the last time we saw her, she was helping Old Man Logan, but I don't remember her having any really conversation at all with Logan after his resurrection. Mm. So, unless she's just mad that this is the first time he's saying hi. Or unless she knows that he wouldn't agree with her choices, which that's possible, right? Maybe it's a it's an understood tension that they haven't vocalized. I but... think it's sort of like a with your ex, there's always some sort of underlying right. Right. <laughs> I'm not unease. I do want to point out on this page that they translate uh, uh, the name of the sword to uh, the hand of the demon, but it's actually the hand of evil uh, if we're going by the Japanese oh. on there. Okay. Uh, or, or you could even, if you wanted to, you could translate it to the hand of bad. So, the hand like, of bad. Yeah. The bad uh, hand. No. Yes. No. <laughs> bad hand. I would have appreciated an actual symbol for, for demon. They, they could have done it, but I, I don't know why. Oh. Huh. That's, that's kind of lazy. Um, and I would never have known. So, Georgie, thanks. <laughs> thanks for pointing out the artistic laziness there. Um. But yeah, so he eventually, uh, Mariko has some information he can use that Miramasa has given himself over to the hand. And so Logan climbs his way. It's a very good looking art, by the way. I really like the, the panel of him kind of hiding under the brim of his hat as the yep. lightning strikes. Yep. Um, yeah, he's stalked by Ninja as he makes his way to this temple of, of the dead. Um, and so we, we find out that Miramasa. And always made weapons for the hand and everyone else, but he went full hand because they threatened his village. And then we see that, that we get kind of have to see this parallel of Wolverine like getting into the temple, but also climbing out of the fires of hell. Um, very Terminator looking, especially the fiery skull. 
Mm-hmm. That, I'm pretty sure there's a scene in one of the Terminator movies where he comes out of like the cyborg machine that looks exactly like that. Right. Um, but he claws his way out adamantium skeleton and finds so we see him looking at Mur- Muramasa's dead body at the sacrifice but then also seeing him in hell at the same time and then all throughout these chapters we get descriptions of the realms of Otherworld I kind of I'm sure that'll come back to be important I kind of skimmed over those pretty yeah. quickly that, um, those are like just giant info dumps. It's well, and, uh, and more than the rest of Dawn of X mm-hmm. seem completely irrelevant to the actual issue you're reading. Right. Maybe may important to the event, sure. But even when the pages have been kind of Wikipedia entries, they've always been trying to fill you in on the story you're reading. And this mm-hmm. seemed just completely like, oh, by the way, remember, there's other world kingdoms and you need to know about them because later. Yeah, I I didn't. I was like you. My eyes just glazed over. <laughs> There's like if you're reading a, a novel, you're you're in the the headspace to like read a novel, like you right. read long prose, right? But when you're reading a comic book, your head isn't. You're not in that headspace, you know. You're you're marrying words to visual concepts. So when this comes out, your brain's like, "What? No, screw that! I am not paying attention." <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, then into X-Force, uh, Wolverine is still at the temple. We get a double snick and a really nice splash page as he fights some hand ninjas, but they're a little bit different. They're even more dead and evil, and they don't turn into smoke. Um, so this is where we realize that the hand is completely merged with the Beast, who, of course, is the um, the big giant demon who who gives us power to the hand. Um, so they, they can, or at least there's a sector of the hand. So I'm guessing, because I just did my flashback, the death of Mariko, like the first death, um, mm-hmm. where that kind of came about because she refused to do business with the hand. But I think since she's been resurrected, like she is doing business with the hand, but there's a, a sector of the hand that has gone extreme and fully embraced the beast. And that's kind of what we're getting. But, I guess while they're fighting, even though he's supposed to be making weapons for the hand, he's still making a blade for these two dead ninjas. And then we see Solem visit Wolverine in jail, and his body. Well, you, you, you totally like, uh, like skip the part where Wolverine climbs into the the portal and gets knocked into the the lava. Oh, there. oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does go to hell. Um, so I guess in both stories, both parallels, he's going into hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his body is still also a skeleton on Earth. I don't know. Or is he in what? prison in hell? No, I, I'm so I got so confused here. Um, there okay. was some weird flashbacking going on here. Right. Okay. No, sorry. I got it now. So yeah. So after he is overtaken by demons in hell, he's put in a prison in hell, and Solemn uses hell key sword and visits Wolverine in hell, but sees him heal in hell, and like watch him, watches him knit himself back together. He's like, That's interesting. Um, and we're going to get more of his journey to hell when he met the Oracle of Ariko and got her favor by killing her sister. Um, and that's when, he, when we find out that the dagger opens the portal, and then he finds Wolverine, and he has a mutual respect for Wolverine, Wants to fight him. Of course, Wolverine wakes up and slashes him, but he can't 
because he has like an adamantium piecemeal, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, you know, instead of adamantium claws and armor, he has like basically a bunch of tiny pieces of adamantium woven together so he can move around in it. Um, but Wolverine can't cut through it. So he's already a formidable foe for Wolverine. But uh, Solon lets him out of jail, and they go back to the forge. And that's where we see the beast is down there, and he's going to give these new swords, these new mirror muscle blades. I guess that's an important piece I skipped over. <laughs> so, yes. The Wolverine's whole quest is that he can't get the original mirror muscle blade that he, he used to avenge his family because the first time he had to kill Dawkins and Remender's X-Force, he cut that puppy off and, and dispersed it so that mm-hmm. no one could ever have it again because it's a sword that negates healing factor. And he didn't want anyone to kill him or his family with it ever again. Um, but these are new Mirror Masa Blades. I guess the hand got what they wanted almost. Because I think they still have Wolverine's soul in them. Anyway, in, in these, well, it sounds like when uh, Muramasa was, he has a little bit of dialogue about when he creates a sword, he puts a piece of soul in there. But now that he's right. in hell, he can like fully implement like like human souls okay. into the blades. So I, I, right. I feel like they're even stronger because they fully contain like a soul of a person. Right. Okay. And he's going to present them to the beast chosen couple who look like straight out of the court of the owls a little bit. Um. But before he can do that, they stab Muramasa with it. Um, so I guess he's done. It looks like his soul has been sucked into those swords. Oh, oh, Georgie, this is what this is what happens when I read books at one in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's exactly what happens, and then. But then Solom and Wolverine crash the party. He throws his hell dagger into the neck of one of the guys. He grabs a sword. But that sword can cut through his adamantium skin or armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, impossible. And so that ups the stakes for their tournament. So, but now there's two of them. And they decide to split the swords. But there's a price. But Wolverine and deal, agrees to the deal off panel. And then when he goes back to the circle with where Magnus is just waiting. Iliana is just sitting there waiting for nine other people to show up with their swords. Don't they have like part of my head, at least how I remembered it was that they have like three days to gather everything, right? Yeah, so, they do. So it's not a long time, but I hope there's a food truck. Yeah, something. just going to stand um, there for three days. <laughs> right. With her sword plunged into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hope New Mutants at least goes backwards and gives her a story. I feel like we're gonna get if we got two issues for Wolverine Sword and she just got an off panel entrance, like that seems like a ripoff. But um or maybe George is like, no, don't, please. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, when we're done with this, I just want to be done with this. Right. But yeah, so Wolverine comes back and he talks about how he has his sword, but he has it came with a price, with the assumption that Solemn kept the other blade. So I guess before we talk about the story overall, what do you think of the Solemn guy now that we've read him a little bit? Uh, he was an interesting foil to Wolverine. I feel like uh, we, we've seen this type of character before. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt like there was a... Uh, I kind of liked the dynamics between him and him and uh, Logan. I, yeah. 
I don't. I wouldn't say I'm like so interested to see them fight now, but it was kind of fun to see them work, sort of uh, as like buddies that kind of hate each other on a mission. Right. That that was much <laughs> more fun, and I, I have a feeling that Salam, like his price is he wants to come back to Krakoa after the oh. tournament's over. Okay. Uh, no matter what, you know. So. So he'll be um, a character that sticks around for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around for a while. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, so um, problematic uh, social media aside, I did enjoy the art in these issues quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It was um, Bogdanovich doing his his stuff here. Um, I, I is this Wilson is doing the colors as well on both of these? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yep. I mean, we forget about uh, we we started fawning over Garcia and Silva, but like Wilson's been top oh. of his game for like ten yeah. years now, just been yeah. killing it. So yes, he's you know it's funny because there was a time. In fact, you guys talking about this on, back to Scalabros again. There was a time where you could name the really great colorists on like two fingers. It was like Glennis Oliver and. Glennis Oliver. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not there were good colors, but that was like the name that like rose above the rest. Right. Whereas right now, like we're in a glut of just fantastic colorists who are really, really, really good. Um, and it's cool. It's cool that that's where the industry has kind of come. That they're, I mean, gosh, you can probably go twenty deep of just really fantastic a game colorist. Definitely in the, in the industry right now, and that's. That's really cool. It's a really cool place to be. And, uh, and I'm also out. glad they're getting, they're kind of getting their due, at least yeah. in the people that I talk to anyway. <laughs> um, and so I, I love how, how um, Wilson is, he's done a lot of like bright, sort of like cleaner artwork, uh-huh. color style. And this is very much sort of out of that wheelhouse, but he's still right. able to adapt. And I think uh, it, it's, it's you know, kudos to him to, to show his versatility here and being able to. Like when they do the uh, the flashback, the solemn flashback where he visits the uh, the island and everything's sort of highlighted in white. Yeah, it's, it's it's colored very different than the rest of the book, but very appropriate. It's just what Wilson is. Yeah, we haven't uh, maybe because he hasn't done a lot of X books recently, but uh, he, this this guy, I can't uh, can't believe <laughs> we take him for granted. Right. Yep. So um, I was you know I've been kind of a tale of two Percy's on this podcast where I've really enjoyed Wolverine and have not enjoyed X-Force as much, but I thought both these issues are pretty solid, but because basically they're just a Wolverine story. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and Percy seems to get Logan and seems to do really good with the small cast of characters. Yeah. I think X, X-Force is a, I think there's almost like a mandate that has to be kind of off the walls violent, and so he like I think he has to be like a little extra, a little extra '90s grit that maybe he doesn't <laughs> excel at. Um, and also, I think he just maybe not as good at team books. But I, I thought both these issues are really solid. No, I agree. This felt like just two issues of Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, focus on on one character with with Solemn as as like the antagonist. Uh, just you know, solid character behind the story. Um, as, as you mentioned, he really understands Logan. Uh, the artwork is is pretty stellar. Like these are 
if every X Force issue was like this, I would be reading <laughs> X Force. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it has been kind of the the other Wolverine book, but in a different way. This is really just a continuation of the story, which is sure. All right. Well, uh, I gave these the same thing. Uh, are you going to give them the same grade, or are they going to be different for you? Oh boy, probably the same grade. I would think. Okay. Yeah. Um, d- despite my, my my problems with each issue, or rather almost each each issue, just being about them gathering the swords and how much bloat that adds on to the overall plot of this event, I think I can leave that to the side and just focus on the story that's told in these two issues. And yeah. I think it's told really well. Um, I wouldn't call it like the best thing I've ever read, but very solid. I'm having trouble deciding if this is uh, a high four or a low five for me. I think I might. I, I'm in the same boat. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's on three, we'll each say our, our grade. Okay. All right. One, two, three, five. Low five. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely in that really like that 4.9, 5.1 range. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I'm going to go with five. I think I enjoyed it enough. I'm at least interested enough in the new character that you know, I want to see what happens. So, yeah, I think five out of six is, is where I'm going to land. With the event going on, and he, like he's tasked with, the writer is tasked with making sure Wolverine gets a sword. I mean, uh, I don't know how much better you could do. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, given the event, he did a, a really nice job. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to take us to our last book, which will be Marauders number 13. Marauders number 13. Let me pull this up real quick. We have... Writer Vida Ayala. uh, Artist Mateo Lali. Colors by Edgar Delgado. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. uh, Designed by Tom Muller. Um, And uh, we have a cover by Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson with... uh, a bunch of other variant color covers going on here. <laughs> right, right. Like a, a billion of them. I don't know uh, why you need variants when Donovan's doing covers. We <laughs> wouldn't get anything else. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> um, on the cover, we've got just like, uh, I don't know why Jean is on the cover here, but uh, just. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to draw her. Yeah, it's just a column of, of characters facing opposite ways who are a part of the story for the most part with, with Jean and Wolverine at the top for. I don't know, reasons. Um, <laughs> it, you know, the background's really sparse, but it allows you to really focus on the the character portrait, portraits, which, you know, his Dodderman has always been amazing with with character work here. Um, I'm not really going to complain when he draws Gene in the correct costume. Right. So I'll just, just enjoy that. And that little extra lip snarl he gives Wolverine, I'm like, yeah, kind of loving. So uh, all, I really appreciate this cover. <laughs> Yeah, Elvis Wolverine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he was in a hunk hunk of burning lava. That's true. Yes, that's a better joke. Thank you. Oh, you, saved, you saved me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we start. Buddy, off- I apologize. I gave you like the two wordiest issues I could find this week on the comic show. I, I thought about that, but then I thought it was appropriate that you would cover the Wolverine issues <laughs> instead of me. You know, it, it made sense. Right. All right. Well, what happens in Marauders? Uh, a lot of dialogue. Um, 
we, we start off with Storm in, in sort of the Garden of Eden almost, uh, thinking over what she needs to do, remembering the prophecies. And then uh, Kate shows up and uh, talks to her about, you know, sort of being a friend and, and willing to help her do what she needs to do. And on, on the side, we get uh, panels of, of showing Storm growing up uh, as a child on the streets in Cairo, becoming a goddess, and then sort of her early time in, in the X-Men uh, until now. And I really, really love these side panels. I love yeah, how symbols and uh, like muted the, the sepia tone, the color work is here. I, I thought those were spectacular. Yep, I agree. Um, and Kate tries to cheer Storm up as best as she can, but Storm's like, I got to do this alone. Uh, then we get a backstory to the sword that Storm's going to try and steal, which is the Skybreaker, which is it's like the the sword of Wakanda. Uh, and it's in very high regard. It's been passed down from king to king. So she has to go to Wakanda to get the sword. Um, she shows up, and uh, the Queen Mother and Shuri are on the throne while Black Panther is away doing something. Or is he? Um, uh, read his book. Find out. Well, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there's, a, there's, there's a thought here. Uh, we'll get to it at the end. But she comes in, and you know, there's uh, a lot of pleasantness between the, the three ladies here. Uh, the, the, there does seem to be a, a bit of regret that she's no longer part of the family, and that they, they kind of miss her, yeah. which I thought was nice. And and the whole while, Lolly is just killing it, uh, except for uh, sometimes Storm is a little bit. Well, I, I guess Lolly didn't do the color, so I won't I won't bring in bring that up. Right. Uh, <laughs> but she is kind of light skinned sometimes. Um, Storm sort of pleads her case uh, that they need the swords, and uh, the Wakandans are like, "All right, you can have any of these like s- swords of 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 legend." And she's like, "Nope, I yeah. need the, the Skybreaker." And they're like, "F off!" <laughs> <laughs> only only the king can give it to you, and and, quiz- and wouldn't coincidence have it that he's not around at the moment? So we can't do it. It's out of our hands. I'm sorry. When do you think, Georgie? At this point, when do you think the Goddess who grew up as a child thief is going to do. Mm, she's going to steal the sword like she's been <laughs> knowing she's going to have to do the whole time anyway. <laughs> right. It was like this. It's it's very obvious from the start. I'm going to have to go and get the sword, and it's going to cause problems. Right. So they they she stays the night in like a hotel, I guess, or one of the. It's not really clear, but the Shuri comes to visit her. She brings dinner, and they talk, and they like Claremontian discuss each side of why she should wait or why she can't wait. And uh, Shuri leaves. Um, I'm, I'm having a bit of, of stomach issues recently, so seeing any sort of food laid out uh, is really frustrating because I'm very hungry and I'm just, <laughs> this is not fair. <laughs> uh, but Shuri leaves and Storm's like, I know what I have to do. She puts on her stealth suit and she goes to steal the Skybreaker. And luckily, when she was the Queen of Wakanda, uh, T'Challa <laughs> explained how to get bypass all of the security in this one almost, building. Almost as if he wanted me to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think she even says that exact phrase. It's, um, so, it's so like storytelling uh, kindergarten level that this would be <laughs> what is happening here. And she goes in, and once you know it, she breaks in and, and goes to steal the sword. And we get great dialogue like, you shame yourself. And Storm says, only if it is shameful to fight for what is right. 
And I felt like at that point I was going to throw the book because this was the cheesiest dialogue uh, <laughs> I'd read in a long time. She uh, is about to steal the sword, but wouldn't you know it, Shuri suspected it, just like all the readers suspected that Shuri would suspect it. Right. Um, they have a conflict. Storm electrocutes her, takes the sword, puts in like a replacement because she feels like it'll help her escape, which it doesn't. <laughs> No, it's like the Indiana Jones yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. weighing, weighing the sandbag to take the idol. I kind of uh, would have appreciated if they would have even done like a little homage where it, it doesn't right? accept the stake and she's got to bust out. But it's it's not even yeah. that. I would have taken a giant boulder at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well, I guess so, we get Ro- we get Robo Panthers. That's close enough. Robo Panthers, and we get uh, to learn that the sword amplifies her like lightning powers. So okay, she. Is about to fall, fully escape, and who's waiting for her? T'Challa, who was supposed to be out of the country for days still, but suddenly shows up, almost as if he purposefully wasn't in the throne room, so he couldn't get, willingly give her the sword. Or right? just didn't want to see his ex-wife awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and and the storm's like, here. Oh, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go wash my hair. Totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> I might do the same. Uh, but then at the end, he's like, "Well, we could have done this together. I could have given you the sword." Okay, then just give her the sword. Then, <laughs> like I don't. Now he's like, yeah, but you stole it. Well, you could have just give her the sword. Like, there's no conflict anymore. You know that she needs it, and you you were basically saying I could give you the sword, but then you say, no, I'm not going to give you the sword, and she she leaves anyway. Uh, then she she thrusts her sword in, into the ground, almost like uh, the master sword out of Zelda, and uh, to be continued. I, it, it was just a weird, for me, I felt odd that, and we just spoke about it, T'Challa wasn't there, but he really was there, and he could have let her take the sword, he even basically says, I could let you take the sword, but I'm not gonna, it, it felt really uh, muddy, and the rest of the plot, like, you, you, as soon as you knew she was the goddess and where she was gonna go, you could have written it yourself. You know, she's going to go and they're not going to give it to her. So she's going to steal it. And at the end, they're going to confront her and she's going to escape with it anyway. The end. Obviously, we all knew this was going to happen. Right. So I just felt like almost a waste of 40 issues here or 40 pages because. Well, yeah, except the, for the, the, the it's artwork. a very gorgeous looking, obvious story. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the artwork and giving Storm like a chance to shine. Uh, yes. We knew, like almost panel for panel, what was going to happen here. So, I was I was very disappointed that it was so obvious. The the dialogue was so cheesy, um, but but glad to see Storm getting getting forty pages to just be her. What did you think yeah. of the issue? Um, I agree. Some of the dialogue is a little forced, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of it. There's there's a metric ton of it. Um, I did, and I think like like the if you could parse the dialogue down, even being obvious, I still enjoyed some of the dynamics. Right, mm-hmm. like like seeing Storm talk to Queen Ramona and Shuri in the courtroom. I'm sorry, in the palace room, but then also having like a more intimate conversation with Shuri over dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's really good ideas and, and relationship dynamics there. I think if they had just if Mina had just cut down some of the dialogue a little bit, like it just edited themselves a little bit. Yeah. 
I think it could have been a lot better and a lot more impactful. Sure, um, sure. And I'm hoping, I mean, I, they're a fairly new writer, right? I know they did that Prisoner X book. Yeah. Um, they're going to be doing... New Mutants. New Mutants and, uh, what's the other one? Ch- Children of the Atom, right? Oh, okay, I didn't know they were doing Children of the Atom. I think um, so. Maybe I'm mistaken. Okay. Now, I will say, I will say, I want to, to jump to the defense a little bit, because... Liefeld calling his attack dogs on Tuvita was was not cool, um, especially. When I didn't know that happened. Oh yeah, he was like, oh, I, "I'm not going to come save this book again." Like when when they were announced as a new mutants writer, he like mm. like t- retweeted it and was like, "I'm not going to come save new, this book again or save the X Men again." And of course, of course, th- thankfully, you know. Hundreds of people came to their defense, being like, "No one asked you. Yeah, no, no one's, Our, no one's knocking on your door, buddy. No one wants you to, um, asshole. <laughs> right? But whatever I, happened to what is it, Mutant X or whatever, Command General right. X? Whatever Major, happened to that dude? Major Commander X. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, sorry, that was Major Ten, Georgie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. Um, like I think there's nuggets of good stuff here. It was just a little overwritten. Um. But the art is amazing. And sure. I really think the story, even being telegraphed, is not a bad story. Um, no. It really no. just comes down. It's just too much. It's just too much. Too much words. Too much text. Um, and that's really... Other than that, I, I there are parts of it I enjoyed. Sure. I, I think uh, a part and of the I reason just, it's, it's obvious is because we want to see the relationships right. between storm and, and, and child's family. We, we want to see them interact. So it was pretty, it was obvious because we all wanted that, but um, it just felt like there could have been more here is, is, is it's not like it's done that poorly. It, it just felt like there was an opportunity to do something a little bit deeper, a little bit more impactful, like you said, and it, it right. felt like just very standard. Well, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, when they write New Mutants or Children of the Atom, they can get a little more maybe freedom. Because I, I almost feel like the story, like, I can't control the plot, so I'll at least control the dialogue. <laughs> like, <laughs> like maybe it's almost like I, I, they felt like they had to overwrite to have their presence. I don't know. I'm going to say something that's going to sound really ugly, and I don't mean it. I don't mean it that way. But what this reminded me of a little bit in an unfortunate way was much like the Star Wars prequels had to take a very obvious, everyone knows how the story plays out, and try to write story elements into it to make it interesting and flesh it out. It almost had that idea of like, okay, there's a Wakandan sword, Storm's a thief, she's on rocky ground with the the T'Challan government. She's going to have to go take this sword. Now, what's the story going to be? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's an unfortunate situation to be in. Um, and so I, I'm hoping when they get to their own books, they can have a little more, a little less pressure to fill up the page. Um, and we'll see. Sure. I mean, hopefully Rod Rice's art will kind of make sure. some of that impossible because you can't put that many words on a Rod Rice book. No, no, no. It's not going to work. Or Rod Reyes, sorry. Why would you do that? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, so I don't know. Um, and I do think other 
I, I think this is not the end of the Krakoan Wakanda story. No. So I think I think it lays the foundation for some good stuff that could come. Um, yeah. I think there's other ways that you could have told this story. Like, it didn't have to be yeah. a conflict. It could have been, like, a healing story. Like, right. she goes and spends time. It could have been, like, her just spending time with T'Challa and repairing a relationship. Right. And, and, and that leads to her getting the sword. Maybe she betrays him at the end anyway, or he gives it to her. There, there are other ways you could have told this. It just felt like this was the way that everyone felt like it was going to go. And maybe it was mandated that, that she was supposed to get put some conflict by, by editorial. I have no idea. Yeah, it, it just is. felt very like we all saw it coming. That's all. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's very fair. So, all right, great art, overwrought writing. Where are you going to land on this book? Yeah, we didn't really talk talk about the artwork that much, but you know the panels of of her fighting the um, the panther robots, like where, where the store the the sword comes to life, was was pretty brilliant. Yeah, um, uh, uh, the colors are nice here. I just enjoyed. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know why some of the panels were. were uh, never mind. Um, I, I I enjoyed the artwork. I wouldn't say it was spectacular though. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I don't know. Some some feels. <laughs> some feels off here. Right. Um, do you have any thoughts on the artwork? I I enjoyed it mostly. Um. I mean, all right, so there's a lot of standing around. Yeah. But that's the story. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't I don't want to I don't want to hold Lolly to that too much. Um but I thought there were a couple of brilliant pages. I thought uh like you said, the one where Storm like goes full lightning with the sword is a great page. Um I thought the design of the Panther bots were pretty cool. I thought uh, so in a very Star Wars scene where Black Panther's waiting with his guards at the gate, like I thought the the guard design was nice. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought overall it was pretty good art. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Oh, I think Wakanda flashback, like the history pages look good. Yes, yes, I did really like that. I really like her flashbacks as well. You no, know, and it's too bad she had to have the one sword because those other weapons look equally as badass. Look very cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that works. It's it's pretty good. Um, I don't know if I'm I'm so high on the colors, uh, but uh, I, you know, I love having Lolly's pencils on here, and uh, right. I appreciated that storm. What uh, was given her due? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm kind of retroactively questioning myself because I was going to give this book originally three out of six claws, mm-hmm. but then we gave X Factor three out of six, and I think this is better than that. Hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to let you talk me up or down. <laughs> Yeah, I almost retroactively want to give X Factor a two, so I can give this a three, because um, this 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 is objectively better than what X Factor was just like a, a plot dump with, with a right. sprint to the finish, where this right. has actual character dynamics happening, right. and uh, it gives plot to or it gives focus to Storm. Oh, yeah, if if I, if I could, I would give, give X Factor a two and give this a three. I don't think this is four worthy. Um, it, it's it's very standard stuff. Uh, right. I, I think we gave X Factor such high marks because we we 
thought the artwork was uh, done so well. But um, yeah, this is a three. Okay. I'm going to break my own rule. I'm going to give this three and a half. Okay. <laughs> I don't normally do half claws, but um, it's it's three claws, but they're 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 reaching. <laughs> they're <laughs> trying to they're trying to get to that four. Um, right. All right. Cool. Well, that is the last couple of weeks of ten of swords. I'm sorry, ten s words. And um, <laughs> I don't know, Georgie. I I don't know if I'll be able to keep the pace, but you want to try try to keep on the kind of the every other. Every two to three weeks through this event. Yeah, man. Let's okay. let's do it. I uh, boy. Now it's gonna stack up fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, like you should take your little pieces of medicine every other week instead of waiting for the full month to. Right. Right. Swallow all of this at once. Um. Well, all right. So maybe let's check in. If we're not quite through, maybe the first act. What's your overall opinion so far? It's kind uh, of raw ten of swords. I can't remember which issue it was, but they literally said, maybe it was this issue, uh, where they said, oh, we're not going to help you with your contest of champions. And I was like, yes! <laughs> you said it out loud. It was, it. it was this issue. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't like the idea that, that this defining event is a contest of champions to start off with. Uh, my, so my, my problem, I think, is with the overall event rather than the individual issues, if that makes sense. I... Uh, I don't like the concept of we're, we're throwing out the resurrection before actually doing anything with it. I don't like the idea that like swords are cool. Let's just fight swords because swords. There's no reasoning behind why they need it needs to be swords or anything. Right. Um, it, it just feels like a lot of like things are happening just to happen in uh, event setup. Right. Instead of like this is what they're fighting for, so this is what they need to do. It's just someone said, I want to see mutants fight with swords, and so they constructed <laughs> an event around it. And now yeah. we learn that it's going to take at least 10 issues to <laughs> work together. It feels like, oh, this is why it's 22 issues long, because it's so bloated. Right. So, um, well, we're through, we're officially through chapter 5, and we have three swords. So, uh-huh. Right. So... Uh, if, if if we're like a fifth of the way through the story, a fourth of the way through the story now, uh, as you said, I guess almost through Act One, it's kind of I don't know. It just feels long. It just feels yeah. long, and we're waiting for anything to actually happen. <laughs> right. How awesome would it be if if just Chapter Twenty Two they finally start the tournament? <laughs> I, I I can see him it being like. Uh, Issue 18, finally, <laughs> we're starting the fights. What? Right. We, all that build up to get the swords, and we're going to like cram in like eight fights into two issues. And right. It's done. I, I, I guess I guess my only advice, George, is to be careful what you wish for, because I think these stories of getting the swords may be more interesting than the sword fight. It would be. So. <laughs> at this point, it has to be. Otherwise, right. if they like suddenly five people show up with swords, you'd be like, what? <laughs> Why did we do five issues of gathering swords for the other yeah. ones to just show up? Right. Uh, that would seem out of, out of whack. And yeah. then it's going to be all this. I think you're damned no matter what, because then we're going to have all this build up to get the swords and then truncated fighting, unless each of those issues is going to be 44 pages as well. Right. Yeah. It's, it just feels like so yeah. much, Jason. I'm with you. So much for nothing really going on. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I think. Looking at the event, I'm still kind of like, huh, scratching my head. 
But I think for the most part, enjoying the individual chapters so far, I guess would be my assessment. And we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> I, I think I enjoy the Wolverine books more than, than everything else in, in this event so far. Yeah, well, it's definitely been your highest grades. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. While I have you here, do you, what, what are your thoughts on the, um, the vampire story that happened Wolverine beforehand, and do you think he's going to jump back into that after this is over, or do you think I, that's just going to come back down the line, you know, way down the line? I think he will. Um, yeah, I think because literally, like the the crossover started with the oh timeout, <laughs> <laughs> ten of swords, and I think he'll he'll go back. I, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would enjoy a Wolverine fights vampire story. Yeah, um, I loved it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, I think it. I think the little touches help, right? Like the three punk kids mm-hmm. who like were anti-vampire vampires, like like that's some. It's those little touches that make the story like come to life. That I think mm-hmm. are important because it was just oh, vampires six nicked, <laughs> <laughs> or or even worse, I'm gonna put my claws in a cross. Uh, oh, oh, screw oh, all oh. you vampires, like you know. But um, no, I, I think I've enjoyed. It. I think. I think um, Bogdanovich's art lends itself to that story as well. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it kind of, kind of playing out. Um, Me we'll... too. Me too. I hope we go back to it. I think Wolverine versus vampires. You don't start thinking that, but then you're like, oh, obviously Wolverine fighting <laughs> monsters. I want to see that. Yes. Right. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, there's some nice parallels between like they have this. This, this thing inside them that they, they're forced to obey. He has this, like, you know, thing inside him that he's constantly fighting not to be a, a monster himself. Right. Yeah. There's a good dichotomy there, too. Yeah. And, like I said, and it kind of plays into, like I said, just, you know, it's unfortunate that X-Force has been so lackluster at best. Like that's, like, the positive way to explain it. <laughs> when, when he really does understand Logan. I mean, he really... Mm-hmm. The solo book has has really brought the character to life, and it is has been probably on maybe the darker side. So it's not going to be the same version that you would have gotten, you know, like from Tom Taylor's Laura. But right. but it, but it works though, and it doesn't feel like completely going backwards. I think that's the key part with with making Wolverine gritty is you have to do it in a way that's not just oh we're back in 1992. Right, like, like it feels like it's a progression and fits into Dawn of X as kind mm-hmm. of the the reluctant participant. <laughs> right, like, right, like right. I really want this to work. I just I've been around too long to believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really works for Wolverine. It really gives him a unique perspective in Dawn of X that is realistic and pragmatic without just being necessarily pessimistic. Sure, um, sure. So yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying the solo book so far. It's been one of the, but I would say overall, with the exception of Marauders, the solo books have been my cup of tea in Donovic so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Are you? Uh, I'm really interested to see what happens with with uh, Sink and Laura and uh, who else went in there with them. Um, yeah, if they ever come back. Yeah. <laughs> if that wasn't Hickman's way of, hey, I'm going to write this cool story, but oh, by the way, they're. Uh, that's also my way of getting rid of them for a long time. I think they're going to come back in a, a larger way, like uh, down the, like a year from now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. when the, when that starts paying off, uh, right? Yeah, but I'm like I'm missing Laura. 
like oh yeah she's in that she's in uh what is it the cube not the cube the um not not the world the other the world. one yes not the asylum uh, what's it called <laughs> I, I oh jeez yeah. I don't remember the vault the vault yes the vault yes good grief I'm just excited to see her come back and and what are your thoughts on Honey Badger showing up in New Mutants are you going to be covering that uh, well, I, I mean, we'll probably yes. cover it here but yeah I will um. You know, uh, I was more excited before I read Marauders. That's, I hope that's not a bad thing. Um, mm. But no, I'm, I'm just glad to see her. I hope Jonathan also shows up in that book. Right. Um, as I, I won't lie. I just, I'm, there's a hole in my reading that was has not yet been filled and mm. probably won't ever be completely filled when Tom Taylor left All New Wolverine. Right. Um, and it's just, that's an itch that no other book is even trying to scratch. And, and I miss it a lot. I miss it like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my favorite book for like a long time. Um, and yeah. So I, I hope that they get their due. Um, yeah, I, I will say Honey Badger was probably the brightest spot, or Gabby at, at that point was probably the brightest spot of that Prisoner X book. So maybe there's some some hope there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But all right, well, awesome. Well, Georgie, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at. Uh, boy, I can't even remember my my Twitter handle, but you can find us on it at Scalabros <laughs> One on Twitter, or if you just look for Scalabros, where 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 the number one thing that comes up uh, on on Google, or if you're looking for a podcast, um, we haven't had an episode in in a little bit. I think Dan's uh, sort of out of commission for for a minute, uh, but we'll be back shortly with uh, uh, some more "quote unquote" flashback. Uh, <laughs> everything's flashback, but we'll be, be diving into our our standard uh, books uh, shortly. Um, and we appreciate uh, you letting any of us on on your show, Jason, because yeah. even if we, you know, we're not enjoying these books, we love talking comics with you. And just an excuse to to chat with you for an hour or so is yeah. is a blessing. So thank you. No, my my pleasure. Very very mutual and and honest, Calabres. I've I enjoy all the show, but I particularly have enjoyed y'all's you know, last couple episodes talking about the '90s X Factor book. Um, just mm-hmm. your your perspective on kind of that art and like Stroman's art and and David kind of getting his start on that book has been really refreshing to listen to so if it's a, it's, it's the highlight of what we're reading the, <laughs> right. the others are sort of fluctuating up and down yeah and uh an x factor is still on that you know we're starting the journey so we have the original creatives right. on there and everyone's like fully focused and that artwork and and the colors i think it's oliver again doing colors is just <laughs> so outstanding yeah yeah well so definitely go listen to it Bros, if you're not already um and then of course remember I you know I'm taking part of the Crossing Swords which is with um, Homo Superior X Reads Comic Book Queers and House of X. Um, I've actually memorized that list now. I was having to wow. <laughs> look at the picture for a while, but I'm I'm good. And you know so go check out those shows as well and the coverage of the event. Um, you know I think I think the cool part about it is all our shows have a pretty wide take on these issues. So if you like, oh man. I really like that Jason and Georgie like Wolverine. I'm kind of bummed that they didn't like X Factor. I promise you, at least one or more of those other shows really liked it. So yeah, you know, yeah, you can sure. find you can find a show that's probably liked 
between the handful of shows, probably all these issues get a high review somewhere. So, <laughs> you know, you know, spread yourself out and go listen to as much as you can. Um, for the podcast that goes snicked, uh, of course, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's going to do it. So, um, Georgie, thanks again. I mean, we definitely missed Dan, but I'm glad you were able to, to, to tough it out and come on here with us. Um, and always, always a pleasure. No, man, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, well, guys out there in listener land, please stay well, stay safe. Um, and for those of you in America, please vote. Um, do your do your yes, work, vote. do your homework, please. Do it because uh, it's not just the big stuff. Like like, look at your local stuff, and let's let's try to turn this whole thing around <laughs> at every level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, be paying attention to that. Be preparing for that, and. You know, most importantly, you know, stay well. Um, you know, be smart, take care of your families, and um, we'll talk to you all next time. So until then, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye. And snacked.